Hello and welcome to episode 71 of the Uncovered Podcast. I'm your host, Peram Kazi, who you can find at Def Mango on Twitter. And with me, as always, is Jared Kimber, who you can find absolutely everywhere. Uh, lots of off-field cricket stuff, but uh, what will dominate the discourse today, Jared, is of course the India and England series. It didn't feature on overthrows because no cricket happened between them in the last week. But... Um, Virat Kohli is now unavailable for the remainder of the series. Originally, he was out for the first two tests, mm. but now he won't be featuring at all. And uh, A.B. de Villiers actually uh, kind of gave some people some misinformation, or we don't actually know what that information is, but he basically said that Virat is uh, expecting and then retra- retracted his statement and said it was completely false. So all we can say is that hopefully there's nothing wrong and Virat is mm. well. And yeah, that's still a big blow to India, isn't it? Oh, definitely. I mean, it's a big blow to the series, yeah. right? You know, we, I know we get a lot of cricket and five minutes later, there'll be an IPL and we'll forget about it. And then there's a World Cup. But, you know, it's a major test series. It started brilliantly, you know, great pitches, interesting cricket, mm-hmm. basketball, the whole thing. You, you want Virat to be involved in it. Virat it ups everything. I mean, I don't know if the, the ratings are down, but certainly from a social media mm-hmm. point of view, Virat gets everyone fired. So it would be, it's a shame. And, and also, you know, he's not playing. He would rather be playing than you know, going through with whatever he's going through at the moment. So, you know, thoughts uh, with him and Harry Brook and yeah. hoping that they can, um, you know, uh, overcome their issues. Definitely. Uh, thoughts are with Virat and, and fingers crossed here to just hoping everything's fine. We do have a super chat before we can go on to all the other stuff that we have on our itinerary. Let's take Sankalp Verma's question, who is asking, how much is the complacency that you mentioned with broadcasting point with the BCCI? The problem with Indian cricket in general, watching a match at the stadium is just horrible experience yet they're full. I mean, it's a cricket-bad country. It's a religion in that country. So they maybe even kind of uh, take that for granted. I, I feel. Yeah, I think if you're not, if, if you, as a cricket board, you're not actually being tested by anyone, why would you get any better? And, and if you want to look at that, look how slow cricket developed, Sankal, before um, free market capitalism came in. Yeah. Right? There was no, you know, whoever ran cricket just ran it the way they wanted. Um, there's a great conversation. I can't remember the full details but you know in New Zealand they had like an elephant come out onto the ground or something <laughs> during the 92 World Cup and the other cricket boards were like why are you doing this and New, Ze- and New Zealand were like well we want to give a really fun experience to the people who come to the ground it hadn't occurred to other cricket boards <laughs> to try and make going to a cricket ground a fun experience right the cricket is there you will enjoy the cricket or you will go home and you'll be disappointed so I think that there's always been an element of that in cricket and certainly within Indian cricket, that, that, that is a problem. Um, my, my guess is I don't think I've ever been to another sporting event in India, um, but I've been to a football match in Sri Lanka um, and I can tell you the cricket stadium's better than the football stadium. <laughs> yeah. So you, do you know what I mean? Like it is, it is there, you know, until the, the crowd kind of rise up and complain and that's probably not going to happen because you're going to get full houses anyway. So I, Look, it's an issue, but it, yeah. it is what it is, I suppose. I don't think it's the problem and broadcasting for whatever it's worth is still going to be watched by millions regardless of how well you you know put it out or, or make that content. But uh, in terms of viewing experience from the stadia, now I have a bunch of Indian friends who will retweet posts on Twitter in which I'll see someone who's bought a ticket uh, to the game and they have a giant pillar <laughs> right in front of them. So they can't really watch the game. So I feel like India... Ever since the IPL boom, they invested all of this money into infrastructure, but they did not kind of think from the perspective of a fan whilst building those stadiums. 
and where a seat would make sense, I mean, where a seat would not make sense, that sort of stuff. Yeah, I would say outside of India, sorry, outside of England and Australia, maybe New Zealand, although some of those grounds are so small mm. that, you know, but there's a lot of bad cricket stadiums yeah. that when you, if you look at them, you're like, this design doesn't make mm -hmm. sense and what, how you're using the space and the seats don't make sense and there's no cover, there's no shade for what would need to have shade for us. If you're going to sit in the sun for seven hours, you need come some kind of shade and just, you know, that there aren't enough to it. I can't remember so many times in my life. I've been to a cricket match where the queue for the women's toilet is like a kilometer long, ah. right? Like, and you know, if, if you've got, if you've got, um, you know, a, a woman that you go to cricket with regularly, you know, that if there's a big crowd, she probably, if she says she's going to the toilet, you may not see her for a mm. while, right? That there are major issues. And, and I think cricket stadiums are behind. Um, uh, UK ones have slowly started to get better. I still don't think they are that brilliant, but they've certainly started to get um, a lot better. Um, Australian stadiums are great, but they're not cricket stadiums. Yeah, they're, they're all sports stadiums. And, and, and concert venues money. and stuff like that, right? They're huge. Yeah. Um, so, so there is an element of that when it comes to uh, the Australian stadiums being so good. They're modern day um, coliseums are what they are. Yeah. <laughs> so it, it is a little bit different, but yeah, I, I think I think it's a problem for. I travel around the world. Trust me, this is not an Indian issue. Hey, I, <laughs> there's I, some shit stadiums in lots of places in the world. I tell you what, I, Pisara was holding test matches not that long ago. What the I love Pisara, but it's a stupid place to play a test match. It looked like a club ground. Mm. I mean, I, this reminds me of a fun anecdote. It's a somewhat related, not entirely related, but I was in England to watch the 2019 World Cup. And first game or second game, I can't remember because I think Lords was, was fairly easy to, to go to the toilet or whatever. But at Edgbaston, I think I went out and there was this massive queue. And I was like, holy shit, like, how am I ever going to get to pee? And the innings is going to be done. Holy shit. Yeah. But then here's the interesting. That was the problem. So many holy shits going on. In here's the interesting. I saw one person go in and just come out. And I was like, hey, wait a second. How does the line exist or queue exist? And this guy just went in and out. I went inside and because it was a Pakistan game, no one was using the wall urinal. <laughs> so I used the wall oh urinal. And I was like, oh, hell yes. And. That was also a similar experience at the bar, Jared, in all Pakistan games. Let's just say <laughs> Pakistan versus Afghanistan was a great day for Behram. Let's let's just put it that way. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, I mean, you know, I know it sounds silly, but just to go back to that that question, mm. when you talk to cricket officials, there are things where they still kind of get wrong yes. at some of those grounds. So I can't remember which one it was, but I was talking to someone from the ICC and I can't remember which World Cup it was I was at. But they'd ordered just a bunch of alcohol for a game that was like Afghanistan versus Pakistan or Bangladesh versus Pakistan or something, right? And, you know, you and I both know that there are Western kids um, and sometimes not even Western yeah, kids, yeah. kids from those countries who go outside and they're like, now I can drink, my parents can't stop me, right? But there's a big difference between that and people who drink all the time and naturally drink at those grounds. So, uh, you know, those sorts of things happen all the time. So if they're getting that wrong, you can see where the stadiums are particularly right. But I would say that there isn't really someone who's known as a great, you know, designer of stadiums. So for, for instance, we know that Wanketi has been copied what once or twice because it's probably one of the few really, uh, not Wanketi, um, Wanderers. And that's why Wanketi is very similar to the Wanderers. Because there are, this isn't, we don't have many great cricket ground designs. The England designs don't make any Headingley sense. Don't is, get me wrong. Headingley with is terrible. Actually. Oh, if you think Headingley's bad, Trent Bridge. I haven't been. 
They just cut off half the boundary because they wanted a bigger stand there, right? Like, there's so many weird things about English cricket design, right? And then Australian cricket design is essentially um, set up for these humongous crowds, which usually more often go to Aussie rules. Uh, so even in the grounds that get it right, it isn't always set up. So I, I do think there is a big issue with the way that cricket um, looks after its fans, but partly because there isn't an industry if you think football stadiums, like if you're great at designing football stadiums in Brazil or, I don't know, Argentina or Africa, you're probably going to get bunches of jobs everywhere else around the yeah. world to be able to do that. Whereas most cricket stadiums are probably developed by people who are not specialist cricket designing, uh, uh, designing cricket stadiums. I mean, we were sitting, it was the uh, Pakistan-Afghanistan game of the 2019 World Cup at that refurbished new stand at Headingley. And it was just like so high up that we were like, it... it feels kind of weird watching cricket from this angle. So, uh, luckily enough... No. It, You're talking to the wrong person here. You can't say that to someone who grew up in the MCG because yeah. there ain't nothing high, high in, in Headingley compared to Fair the MCG. Enough. I like... I always take my friends when they come to me the first time to the very top of the MCG just to make them feel uncomfortable. Hmm. But, well, it kind of worked out for us because at Headingley, right next to the bar, which was empty in Pakistan, Afghanistan, they have a few chairs. So, we kind of all just went and sat there. It was a great game. It was a nail-biter as well. But anyway, let's come back to uh, the topic at hand. India's test team and all the things that are happening in it. Shreya Sire, Jared, has been sacked mid-series. He had recovered from his back spasms. And you would assume that they'd give him a longer rope, at least in home tests. I was quite surprised that they've kind of gotten rid of him. Particularly with... Kohli out injured and KL Rahul and Jadeja are still out injured. You know, oh sorry, Kohli's out for other reasons, personal reasons. But Jadeja and Rahul are still unfit. Get rid of Ayer as well, and that's a lot of inexperience all of a sudden. Yeah, I didn't, I didn't quite get my head around this. I, I thought he batted okay at times in this series. Obviously, he hasn't made a lot of mm. runs. Maybe they just feel that England's worked him out, and you know, and there's no. But if you're not going to play him at home, doesn't that kind of mean? That, that he won't play. Um, Anish says Ayer, I've heard An I, Anish is saying Ayer is injured as well. He's not from based on what I read. I read that I was going to yeah. say I have heard rumors that he's injured, hmm. but all the places who are reporting it are reporting it as he's been dropped. Hmm. So that would mean to me if that's I, I would assume that they were told he was dropped. Otherwise, they wouldn't have uh, reported that. Yeah. But yeah, if he's injured and this, this part of the, let's get back to the whole stadium thing. Hmm. We don't always get told when players are injured anymore. And, you know, I, I still remember the great, I said Mitchell Johnson was rested from a test. And like, I had this ridiculous conversation with someone from Cricket Australia just going, was he rested? Was he dropped? Is he injured? And it was like a 30 minute conversation where at the end I said, if you can't answer this, what is the point mm. of your existence? Yeah. Right, like what? What is the point of being a spokesman for her cricket board <laughs> if you can't tell me the actual reason he is not in the side? And the funny thing about that is Mitchell Johnson. I think they eventually came out and said he had been rotated, so rested. Mm. And the next test, Mitchell Johnson took a bunch of wickets and said he'd been dropped in the previous test. And you're like, what's what? What is happening here? I can't even get a straight answer. So it is really, really annoying when you know there's no reason why at this day and age we don't just have something on the BCCI website that just says, you know, personal issues, leg injury out for the next foreseeable future. I think the NBA and Premier League have things like probable and questionable for certain players. Just let us know. Like that's all. That's all. We're, we still know they're going to lie, but at least we can report on something. And and fans and betting fans and fantasy fans have a, a, a and, and fans who buy the ticket who want to go and see a player have a bit more of an idea of what is actually happening yeah plus like if it is in fact a case where he's been dropped 
it doesn't make sense to me because you'd expect India to give him time. And in home tests especially, we all know how well he's done in first-class cricket. You can raise questions with respect to, you know, Senna nations and batting over there, but we don't really know much apart from, you know, South Africa. And it's really, really difficult to bat in South Africa because, as we've mentioned many times on the show, it's probably the hardest place to bat because of the bounce and the lateral movement. So the lack of faith, if that is the case in Shreya Sire, is a bit baffling to me. And, you know, no Kohli. No KL, no Jadeja now, no Shriya Sayed. In the middle, we thought that Bumrah might be rested. But now, given that so many players aren't going to feature, I expect him to play in Raj Court. India are as weak as they could be. And this series is still up for grabs. Yeah, I mean, for the series, it's great news. <laughs> it's not great news if you like the best cricket. But from a, you know, England have a real chance of stealing this third test, right? And if they do steal this third test, then it's on. Yeah. Right, it's a fantastic series from then on in. So, um, but yeah, from a from a you know basic wanting to watch good players play in their in their team, it's obviously been terrible so far. Mm. Um, but yeah, I think it really opens up for England. I don't know if that makes me. I kind of well, I think I kind of felt eventually India would just work it out and play better cricket and win the series. The more injuries, the more you're just like, well, it's going to be really tough for them to do all those things, right? Yeah. Like, it really, it's not going to be easy. Yeah, and they've lost two batters here in KL and Shriyas. And they've brought in just one. Well, they had Rajat Patidar come in earlier, so I guess two. But uh, Devdat Padikal is in. And in the six first-class games he's played in 2024, he's got 747 runs at an average of 83. Now, there's that option. Uh, and then, of course, there's Sarfaraz Khan, who's also actually, what am I saying, the three batters that they brought in. So, yeah, Sarfaraz has been doing what Padikal did in six games. He's been doing for three years or something, right? <laughs> for so, his entire life. Yeah. yeah. So, that's where they're at. And one of these guys is going to have to play. So, is it going to be Sarfaraz or Padikal? I would have thought it made... So, I thought it made more sense for Padikal to come in when KL wasn't there because mm -hmm. they wanted another a slightly older head, more mature, more understanding of his own game, even if he didn't have the same kind of ceiling. Whereas I think with Shreya Sire, you probably want someone to come in and flay the spinners and and put some pressure back on England, and that makes sense that it's South Wales. I would I would assume, um, uh, not not that Patakal's a bad player or anything like that, but my my thought would be that you would go with, with South Wales and, and give it a go from there. Remember that cricket is a funny game. Hundred years before we protected our heads, players looked after their groins. So don't be as stupid as old cricketers and protect your computer today. NordVPN is the protection I use when facing cyber shortfalls or when rights issues try to dismiss me. NordVPN will help you get through the straight bat of any geo blocks so you can watch all the cricket you want. If you need your pitch changed, well, NordVPN can doctor any surface to a new location so that your IP address is set up for you to win. Want to buy an associate cricket shirt from a place that won't ship to your country? Select NordVPN. Want to watch a game on a free stream in another hemisphere? NordVPN. Or if you just want to watch a clip on social media that a cricket board won't allow you to, promote NordVPN to pinch it for you. So if you need a VPN, go Nord. Use nordvpn.com forward slash Kimber to get a huge discount off your NordVPN plan plus four additional months for free. It's completely risk-free with Nord's 30-day money-back guarantee. The link is in the show notes. Protect your computer like a cricketer protects its nether region with NordVPN today. Yeah, I, I would assume or hope that they do that because, uh, you know, KS Bharat might not be retained either in the 11th. They might give a go to Dhruv Jurel. I think yeah. that might be. I, I, I'm, the thing is, 
if they make that change now, it's there's got so many changes yep. that it's almost awkward. But I think that they, if they had no injuries and and Vera had to come back, they probably would have just made that change. Whereas now they might be thinking to themselves, do we really want to make another one? Yeah, I mean, you do you, you've already got Shami out as well. Let's not forget that, right? This is bad news for sure. Yeah, and and I totally get no, that. no. I, I I remember once I can't remember who it was, but there was that coach that I was interviewing about something and and I'd asked him why they hadn't made a change with the player when clearly they knew that this player wasn't going to come back and he said well we had three injuries from that game so we had three enforced changes and we just thought making four changes like would destabilize the side even further um and you know coaches and selectors do think about things like that yeah and too many changes as you said uh, bringing in players who are going to be debuting that is definitely a cause for concern because this is a huge series. It's a marquee series. And if India lose this, well, the Baz ballers will never shut up about it. So, so there's that entire thing over there, which, which honestly will be interesting. I, I love to see how the articles are, are written if that happens because it's going to be a field day for journalists, which I mean, <laughs> I would look forward to because who doesn't love Baz ball, right? As much as uh, dogmatic as, as it may be. But anyway, before I end this segment, I actually want to talk about an origin story, Jared. We did an entire Footmarks oh. podcast on this. And this one is uh, eerily similar to that of uh, Mukesh Kumar. Uh, right arm pacer Akash Deep, not Akash Shallow, has been called into uh, India's squad. And uh, he was the best performing pacer versus the England Lions. That has kind of catapulted mm. him right at the forefront. And he's going to potentially play a game for India now. This is someone who has 104 first-class wickets in 30 games at a, an average of less than 24. So that's quite impressive. He's also 27 years old. So he's, uh, you know, in his peak years. He's also from Bihar, like Mukesh. And he also, well, his father wanted him to become a police officer. Uh, similar story to Mukesh over there. So someone, if, if there's someone in the comments who belongs to Bihar, can you tell us if like, is that the only things you guys do? Do you just become... Did he fail the fitness test though? <laughs> That's what we really need to know. Yeah. But well, if there's someone from Bihar, we need to know what the fitness test is for a police officer there um, <laughs> and how someone could, and how a professional athlete might have failed it. I think that's the, yeah. the most important yeah. thing. Um, I talked to some of the England, uh, some people around England Lions. They were quite impressed with him. Um, I, I don't know if he's going to come in and cause any major issues for the for the major team uh, for the senior team but uh yeah pe people people i talked to thought he was he was okay so it'll be interesting i don't expect him to play but who knows well i i, I mean i didn't expect i didn't expect most things in this series so far i did a bit of research on him and uh, the in swinger is a stock delivery but you know he might need to develop some more skills in order to survive uh, especially in home tests in india but his story is actually quite inspiring so Unlike Mukesh, he didn't fail the fitness test. He purposely failed the tests to become a police officer because he wanted to become a cricketer. And his father was like, no, you know, like every brown parent, he was like, you've got to go study and do these things. And cricket has no future. And this is Bihar, not Mumbai. Uh, but anyway, it got tragic because he lost his father and brother within the space of six months. So oh. then he went on to play tennis ball cricket uh, for money. And he had two younger sisters to take care of. And after all of that, hard work and toil, he's actually in here with an opportunity to debut for India. So, yeah, I mean, awesome. it is quite a story. And I hope that if he gets that opportunity, he uh, can make something of it. Oh, just to go back to, so I've said a couple of times recently that some of the Indian players play tape ball cricket and mm. Indians are like, actually, we don't play tape That's ball That's why cricket. I said tennis ball this time. <laughs> well, but they're not always tennis balls either, mm. right? This is why I use tape ball because tape ball is the generic term that is used all around the world. 
There are hard balls, hmm. hard rubber balls that are used. There are tape, uh, normal tennis balls that are taped up. Um, and then there, there are these like specialist rubber, ball, rubber balls that are made. I'm not going to, every different cricket culture has a slightly different version of it. In some cricket cultures, you know, in Australia, we use tape balls and we use rubber balls at times, the harder, heavier tennis balls at times. I'm not going to stop every single time and say, when we say tape ball, we know what we mean. What we mean is it wasn't a cricket ball. It was some kind of ball that was made so that you, that you can modify it a little bit and make it act like a cricket ball without it being a cricket ball. Yeah. That's essentially what we mean. Just... That's the last time I'm ever going to say it. Because if I say tape ball, just understand what I'm talking about is a rubber ball of some kind that that was used. At least, obviously, in Bihar though, this is a huge thing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, at least five different people came to me in my DMs and twi on Twitter, like comments uh, uh, on YouTube comments. Um, there were so many people. It's yeah, like on it, our Discord. It's exactly the same. There was this guy on our Discord who tagged us in that as well, right? Uh, that we don't use the, tape balls over there, it, and I was like, okay, I mean, it's exactly the same thing. When if I talk about artificial pitches and i call them matting pitches i'll get the same thing from australians and new zealanders go actually we use astro i'm like i know dude <laughs> i grew up on astro wickets but most people in the world don't have astro turf wickets they have matting pit wickets which are slightly different but essentially still the same thing this is a podcast for global listeners right so in some most places we call the big white floppy hat the um, metali raj one behind my head here uh, it's called a floppy hat. In England, they use that sort of Jack Russell style hat mm. is what they call a floppy hat, mm. right? Everywhere has slightly different names for different things. I'm generally going to default to the one that is most widely known so that I don't have to have conversations like this ever again in my life. <laughs> yeah, so all of you guys should know that that's what J Jared is using tape ball as a overarching as umbrella. As a metaphor for life. Yeah, <laughs> umbrella term or metaphor for life or whatever but on that note let's take a break you're watching uncovered with jared and Behram, and we have lots more to talk about so stay tuned uh, and we'll be back after the short break thanks to the kind folks at flexispot for looking after my office and my butt by sending me their e7 pro desk that save your favorite desk heights at a touch of a button you don't have to crank anything. This thing just finds the height that you like and you can work. And their BS12 Pro Chair that supports my posterior while I'm recording, well, this ad and all my shows. If you need great desks, especially ones that change heights or the best quality chairs, head on over to FlexiSpot. Welcome back to Uncovered You with Jared and Behram. And we spoke about India's team news uh, in the first segment. Let's come to England, right? And uh, unfortunately, mm -hmm. we've been informed that Jack Leach has been ruled out of the series. He did get injured in the first test, did not feature in the second. And, you know, I sometimes feel for Jack Leach because this is someone who's been battling with his body his entire life. And uh, he's remarkably gotten over 100 wickets for England in test cricket. And here he is yet again, you know, missing out on a tour where you'd expect him to do well, right? That, that's the sad mm -hmm. part over here. It's not an England series. Like, it's well, not a series in England. It's a series in India. But also, like, he got banged on the knee twice. And, like, his leg, clearly something happened because it blew up yeah. like a balloon, that, that leg, right? But, you you know, you look at, you know, when a situation like that happens, it's like, of course, Jack Leach gets hit twice and then can't play another test mm. in the one series he's been uh, working his way back towards playing. It, as you said, it's, it's very sad. You know, there's Crohn's disease. Yeah. Um, he got really, really sick in South Africa a couple of years ago. Um, most finger spinners don't get stress fractures in their back. He got one of those. It's just always something for him. And I think before he got injured, that year before, that sort of first year of baseball, was the best he'd ever bowled, mm. 
right? I thought before that he was an okay bowler, a good bowler in, in some Asian conditions, but not particularly a fantastic bowler outside of that. Yeah. And that year I thought he really developed uh, quite well. Oh, let's, he also um, concussed himself fielding. Mm -hmm. um, God, my God, if we go through his injuries. The only but, good thing that has happened to him is that he landed a lifetime deal with Specsavers after that Ashes knock at Headingley. Yeah, but why does he have that deal? Because he needs glasses. Yeah. <laughs> Think about it. Um, so, uh, yeah, I, it's just, it's really, really sad when you, you go back through all the things that Jack Leach has had to mm -hmm. overcome. He, you know, and, and this is, as you said, this is what mm -hmm. he's really his main skill is and he's not going to be able to do it again and just hopefully hoping for him that he gets a good run of, of forget in forget not being injured mm -hmm. just a good run of health yeah is what that man needs right Basically. you know just a couple of years where he doesn't have to worry about something you know i've got crohn's disease well that's pretty bad oh, i just broke my back well you know like just let's just have a period where he doesn't have to w see a doctor for like six months. Yeah, let's knock on wood and hope that's the case for Jack Leach whenever he returns from injury. I, I was really impressed with him when England toured Pakistan. I thought he was phenomenal. So I expected him to have a good series versus India. But unfortunately, things have gone south. Things could have gone even more south for England, Jared. You'd be surprised. Southa. Yeah, Southa. <laughs> when they were returning from Abu Dhabi after their week-long um, vacation or whatever you'd like to call it, um, Rehan Ahmed apparently, yeah. Rehan apparently had a single entry visa to India. So they were about to have even more visa trouble. Luckily for Rehan, it was sorted and they gave him like a two-day entry visa and then the paperwork for the rest was going to be done later. So we didn't have more drama. But at this point, England really are shitting themselves with respect to this visa stuff. What did I tell you <laughs> when this issue came up the first time? What does cricket need? Specialists who work in visas, <laughs> right? Imagine having a player with a single entry visa yeah, and then leaving the country. So if you have an expert whose job it is to know about the visas, mm -hmm. that person is probably going to say to you, whoa, 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 you're leaving the country. Has everyone got a visa that says they can come back? <laughs> right? Because that's what visa experts do. You could have left what visa experts Rehan and Shweb Bashir back in India to play mini golf or something. It's not like they had anything to do in Abu Dhabi in the first place. <laughs> So it's just for me, uh, it's just such a stupid, uh, I'll say this again. Just someone set up a freaking LinkedIn <laughs> profile saying that you are the world's leader in, in, um, in getting visas for cricketers. Cause this is the most untapped market I've ever seen in my life. Um, and it's incredible how often it happens. And, and, and the funny thing is, you know, these stories, uh, you know, Usman Khawaja and, yeah. and Shah Bashir, Ryan Ahmed and. And in you know Indian uh, sorry Pakistani writers yeah. and Indian writers trying to go to Pakistan and yeah. all sorts they, these things come up as I said it's much worse in the T20 leagues these things happen all the time players turn up to airports and get sent home yeah. player gets announced and then four days later another player gets announced it's almost always a visa issue right it's, there's only two things that ever it is a knock right you know a no objection certificate or a visa issue it just happens so much we just need someone who actually knows what the hell they're doing helping these friggin' organizations because that was just i mean stupidity personified there of like how that ended up happening yeah i mean at least with the shoeb bashir incident you had that whole case of how they applied in you know start of december like 11th december and then a lot of people had their visas before christmas and then shoeb bashir still did not have his by the end of it and then there was this small technicality where england had to ensure that he went to the consulate in london the indian consulate and that's where he get, had to get some stamp I get that whole argument that you've made it unnecessarily hard and I had like some mm. sort of sympathy for Shweb Bashir over there and I thought India was 
perhaps more at fault over there than England. But over here, it's purely England. You know, if you know that Rehan Ahmed, who is also someone of Pakistan origin, has a single entry visa, you don't go to Abu Dhabi to have a piss up. I don't know. Also, maybe this is just... I can't imagine ever wanting to spend time in UAE voluntarily. <laughs> I just, I don't, I don't understand why people go. I don't, the, put, put, this is just my personal view. I don't get it. Do you know what has lots, lots of nice beaches um, and places for you to buy alcohol? Sri Lanka? India. Oh, India. Yeah, of course. Well, you can go to Sri Lanka as well if you want to. Like, again, I would say that is a nice, like, I get they probably wanted a seven-star hotel also, and to play golf and all that be, sort of stuff. But it's they like... They might be wary of the Indian media because we know what they were doing in Abu Dhabi, right? So they don't want negative press either. Maybe. Mm. I, I mean, you might be right. I don't know. I just... Anyway, mm. uh, it, the whole thing is not ideal. I, I, the, I blame everyone it's who... Very, it's very cricket, this whole yeah. situation. I, I'm going to blame uh, the marketing people in Goa that you guys did not do a good enough job for... England to be persuaded to come to Goa as uh, Goa as opposed to Abu Dhabi because Abu Dhabi isn't can't even believe. isn't even the main place in the UAE. People go to Dubai, right? I can't believe you said Goa when you meant Pondicherry, but that's fine. You know, those are available too. Kerala, mm? lovely, great seafood in Kerala as well. Lovely people as well. Um, I've met some Keralites in my life. I obviously have never been to India, and that might be. They could have hung out with Sri Sant. Yeah, who knows? Um, he could have he could have sworn at. Okay, not ideal, yeah. not ideal. I, I could I could have out. gone to Pondicherry and hung out with our producer Muku, but uh, yeah, lots that's what I'm saying. Hmm. I mean, there's heaps of great. I, I I just think India is a great place, and I do think sometimes cricketers they're so desperate to get back out of it, hmm. and it's and and I get it if you're in a major city, but if for those of us who've been lucky enough to travel around India, you get outside of some of those major cities, and it's incredible. Hmm. Right, like, uh, and I understand that you know every player comes from a different background. Some of them feel claustrophobic, and, and and as you said, the media and all those. But there are some beautiful parts of India as well, and it does feel to me that like so many cricketers in the world are so happy to go to India and make money and talk really nice things about it, and then every time they have a holiday, they have a holiday anywhere but India, <laughs> right? And and it's you know, I, I don't know. It doesn't always it doesn't always sit right with me. I'm not having a go at the England team because as you said, it might have just been that. It could just been that. It's better golfing in, in oh, Abu Dhabi yeah. or UAE Could or that, Dubai, wherever they were going to. I don't know. I, I, I think golf should be banned as well. Yeah, at least uh, with respect to like cricketers, because we've had enough uh, golfing injuries and, and football injuries. You just play cricket. Get injured while playing cricket or something. Um, anyway, there is one last topic on um, Uncovered today, and that is Shamar Joseph. After the success that he you know, had in his debut test series in Australia, won the Player of the Series award. The obvious has happened, Jared. Um, first, the PSL kind of roped him in. Peshawar Zalmi will have his services in the upcoming PSL. And now he's actually landed a 360,000 US dollar contract with the Lucknow Supergiants as the Mark Wood replacement. So, you know, we all feared it. It's happening rather soon. And Shamar Joseph has already been roped in by those franchises. Yeah, it's, it's funny because you're right. There is, a, there is a sense of fear of, oh, no, it's happening again. Mm -hmm. Shamal Joseph just solidified his family's future. Yeah. Barakara will have and more jobs other than wood logging now. Do you know what? And we never do that. We never do the right. We never go. Everyone's like, oh, it's ruining international cricket. Yeah, but his family, like, you know, he, they're going to have a really good future. Mm. They're not right? going to make doors because of and this. windows and he, out of that wood. Yeah. And if, and if he. And if he goes on to make even more money in, in those leagues, he'll make, you know, it. It could be generational wealth yeah. 
that we're talking about, especially in a country like Guyana, which I, I, I mean, I've been to Guyana, but I would assume the uh, cost of living is much lower than in, certainly on some of the islands, which are quite, can be quite expensive at times. I mean, but, 360 grand is still a lot of money, even for us. It's, it, you know immense. what I mean? It's certainly a lot of money for me. Yeah, I mean, if I, I get three sixty k, I I know you're a finance bro. I, so I would take you're, a decade you know, off. You're pissing money out. I would take a decade off if I have that kind of money. <laughs> so, so no, I look. I just think it's um. I think we have to always remember that. But yes, it, look, this is what happens. You play really good cricket at the international level now, and you're going to get offers straight away. And um, just hoping he continues to play for the West Indies, obviously, because, you know, I don't want West Indies to lose another player, but also want to make sure that he makes the most from his incredible talent, right? That almost went overlooked, you know? He almost became a security guard. And, I, you know, I've been a security guard um, and I'm a failed cricketer. I, You know, I think I would have preferred to be a professional cricketer if I had the chance and, you know, to be able to live your dream and do what he's doing. Um, also shows you now how if you're an IPL franchise... Hmm. And a PSL franchise, but more so the IPL because it's a more professional, higher octane league. Do you really need to see him play good in a test match that, before you think he's worthy of being brought in? Like, I was going to come to that. Have you not? Because he's only played two professional T20 games, right? So what is the so, data over here that you've gone for? I, I would assume that he's never done a trial with an IPL team. Hmm. So I know people like, you know, Obed McCoy and... Um, um, what's his name? Um, Odeon Smith. Um, probably there's a bunch. There's a whole bunch of that generation through to now. Achima Holder, I think, was another one who got trials. Were flown over to have trials when they were quite young. You know, just bowling the nets. Just what does this guy do? We want to see it up close rather than just on video and have our coaches work with them and all that mm. sort of stuff. That's what scouting is. Mm. It feels a little bit more like scouting shouldn't be. This man has taken a bunch of wickets in a test match because everyone can see that. Right. Yeah. It should, you know, if, if you're waiting to scout a player when they play under 19 cricket or, um, or play in a test match, your scouting system is wrong. Yeah. You should be knowing beforehand. Like, is he better than he was a month ago? Mm. Right now? Probably not. I don't think he's developed all that much in the last month. So I do think there's an issue from that perspective. But, um, and, and as you said, there's no data that they're going on vibes. I, I, that's okay. I mean, I'm happy for him when you go on vibes. Yeah. Yeah. Well, when you go on vibes, you're going to make more mistakes than you are if you're not if you don't go on vibes. But the point is that there is actually ways of doing. He, he has actually played cricket before. Mm. You you can fly him out to places. Teams do do this in the IPL, right? You know, South African and West Indians, especially, quite often get trial sessions and and you know play with teams and everything else. Um, so from that point of view, again, cricket just needs to mature and grow up and everything else but fantastic for him yeah yeah and good on him very very happy for him and it's interesting he is 24 years of age so he could develop but if i'm scouting as you said a t20 bowler i'm probably looking for variation i'm looking for different types of deliveries yeah. does he have a knuckleball how good is a slower one can he bowl a decent yorker what is his back of the length stuff like shamal joseph had success in australia bowling a channel that's not he did exactly. bowl some good Yorkers, yeah. so I suppose we've seen that, haven't we? The Travis head I mean, one. he's replacing the Travis Head Yorker. Yeah, really good. He's replacing Mark Wood. Yes. Well, Mark Wood doesn't have half of those things that you just said either. <laughs> Mark Wood is like Do you know what I mean? So, right. That's what I was going to say. So it maybe they, it, if you looked around the world and you went, there isn't another bowler of roughly this pace, mm -hmm. but Shamar Joseph is slightly slower. Again, I don't have a problem with that. It, but the problem at this stage in the IPL, 
and look, maybe this is unfair because it still happens in the Premier League and the NBA and Major League Baseball and everything. But at this stage in the in, in the IPL, I don't think it should be a situation of, oh, he did really well in that game I saw last week. Let's get him in. Yeah. It should be all the other stuff, right? Like you should know all the deliveries that he can bowl before he gets off the plane and you give him, you know, $300,000. Like you just should. Yeah. Maybe they do, but the fact that it's just happened now would suggest to me that they probably don't and he played a good test match and everyone got excited. And look, owners do that. Mm. It's a big part of dealing with owners, don't get me wrong. Well, with Peshawar Zalmi, I can see how it kind of could have materialized because Darren Sammy is affiliated with that team, right? So Sammy is a It's an interesting guy. one though. Of, of all the places mm. that... And, and Sammy should know more about him as mm. well, which does help. But of all the places where you can find someone who bowls 88 <laughs> to 92 miles an hour... Um, like I would have thought, they're who are raw and un, and untrained. Hmm, Pakistan <laughs> is that potentially a place? Yeah. So from from my perspective, I do think to myself, uh, I don't know. But look, as I said, I do think he's very talented. I'd love to see how he's going to bowl in different formats as well. Um, and he's you know he's fun and yeah. exciting, and he's got a great story. So you know, let's hope he make. Let's let's say he's terrible at C20. Let's hope he makes as much money out of it as possible before anyone ever works that out. Or you know, he could. Uh, try and fail in the PSL and learn enough things by the time he goes to Lucknow to do fairly well over there and then get to play for Durban as well. So now he's playing for all the super giants, right? That that could be his career arc. But you know what I'm happy about is, most happy about is that I was reading the piece that Bharat wrote and he mentioned how Shamar Joseph prior to Australia had only left his country once to South Africa. And you know, South Africa is an interesting place to go for a black person. Let's be honest. And uh, he had only ever left his village of Barakara before that, uh, prior to moving to New Amsterdam in Guyana. And then he went to Australia and that was the key. He was really interested and he, his world was like, his bro- horizons were being broadened. Now he's going to come to Pakistan and India. So that kid is going to have even a bigger broadening of horizons. And that's what makes our sport beautiful, I think. Do you know what he needs? What does he need? Help with his visas. <laughs> well, that is pretty much the perfect note to end this episode of Uncovered. And if you enjoyed it, guys, please give us a like, share it with your friends and subscribe to both this channel and Jared's other YouTube channel. We'll be back with another episode of Uncovered for you next week. For now, that is all. Goodbye. Thank you for listening. This podcast has an ad-free version via Patreon, where there are also many other extras as well, including a Discord channel where you can chat to me directly. There is a link to the Patreon in the show notes. We are an independent podcast, so support us any way you can. Maybe give us a review, subscribe, or share on social media. All of these things help us. And when it comes to podcasts, word of mouth is always the best way of making it grow. If we had a guest on, chances are their socials are in the show notes. Please support everyone who comes on this show. I am Jared Kimber, and this is my network. But we also have hosts and co-hosts like Baron Kazi and Estelle Vassadavan. This network is overseen by Nick McCorriston, and each episode is produced by Ishit Kaburka at Sound Potion Studio. Mukunda Bandredi, or Muku as most people will know, is the head of our YouTube channels, and he also helps out with so many other things like the podcast recording. And there's so many other people we could thank here, but I just want to thank all the listeners and all the people who help behind the scenes that make this podcast work. Tired of editing your podcasts and videos because you are as lazy as me? Well, try using Memento FM, an AI-based service that cuts and dices, so all you have to do is hit post. Try Memento FM today.